Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Sorry about last week, Brian. Uh, yeah. Don't apologize to me. I, I enjoyed the week off. I'm sure you did, but thank you to everybody <laughs> who wrote in because, good God. That was a lot of well-wishers, so thank you all very much. I can't, I couldn't keep up with everybody, but uh, yeah, no, it was a bad couple of weeks, but on the mend, and uh, seeing the doctors and the therapists and all the people I need to see, believe it or not. <laughs> like I, you told I, I, me, have a plan. You have a plan. There's a plan in place, and you're sticking to it, and I'm And I'm not a Cylon, so. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully better ending. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Don't make me throw a bottle of whiskey at the TV, Jason. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> but, but what really sucked is, you know, cleaning up, sober, healthy, getting everything back in line, get my numbers all right. And then, of course, yesterday I go to Whole Foods and have a salad and get food poisoning straight out of the gate. I'm just like, I Bezos! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Damn you, Bezos. <laughs> Uh, but part of my therapy, uh, talking to my doctors and stuff, and uh, it, it's half the therapists and half just me being fucking fed up. Uh, no more socials. I closed out my Twitter account. I locked it and made it private and tweet deleted everything and just kind of, you know, shuttered it for now just to see how things are going to go, which we'll get into very shortly in the news. Um, and <laughs> I, 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 I have two thoughts of that. I have two thoughts about that, Jason. Yeah, go for it. Um, first off, uh, well, thanks for leaving me with the bag. Because that means I'm the one that has to fucking monitor this shit. Um, and secondly, I, I actually think that's a fucking great idea. I, I could reliably tell your mental state by what was what you were doing on Twitter. The yeah. more you tweet, the more you tweeted, the worse I knew you were. Yeah, hundred percent, pretty much, it. without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that was that was it. You know, you have sustained panic attacks for a couple of weeks running, then uh, your, your brain starts to spin out of control. So I thought, Hey, let's just stop that in the, in its tracks. Right, late, that's a good but, idea. Yeah. yeah. But I you tell know, you what, I think it's, I, it's nice. It's so nice. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good thing. And, and I always get frustrated and I think I, I think I even used it as the meme for one of our, one of our posts uh, two weeks ago, since that was our last episode. It was the kid with the stressed out fucking like lines showing up in his face and he's sweating. And it's like when you're trying to take a social media detox, but your job is being on social media. I yeah. think what <laughs> we're going to do is a policy now, especially since if you're exiting social media and, I do remember even a couple of weeks ago, somebody got snarky with me. Like they sent like a DM on Instagram and then like we didn't respond and they were pissed off at us. And I was like, I can't fucking monitor all these things all the time for every. And by the way, you just shared a fucking meme that everybody's seen 7,000 times. I have to comment on that. I think the blanket policy for us from now on on social media is if people write to us, great. I'll say thank you. If you want to engage with us, come to our Discord channel. End of story. And if you really want to send us a note, sign up for a Patreon account, and we will talk to you all day long. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I, I just, I, I just can't. If if you're out completely, because I've kind of relied on you to to do the re bulk of responses on Twitter. If you're out, I, 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 I don't have the bandwidth or the patience to deal with that. So yeah, yeah, I, and I don't think you blanket, should. We don't. Yeah, we get paid yeah. to do a podcast. We don't get paid to troll social media. So yep, there you um, go. And so we, we and we've got our Discord. Yeah. yeah, and and Discord is for the engagement. 
Yeah, I, I love everybody on a Discord channel or most of them. But uh, yeah, it's that's the easiest way to do it. Um, and I got to tell you, just so much more time. It's so mm. weird though. It's just that 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 thing where it's like something happens to you and you just want to tell somebody, and then you're like. Oh, well, I don't have Twitter anymore, so what am I going to do? I guess I'll just go back to doing what I was going to do and enjoy it, you know? It's like, ah. <laughs> like we used to do in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, this was really fun. I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Like two weekends ago, uh, my friend had one of his buddies in from mainland China uh, who's like a big super ding-dong tech guy over there. And he, he gave me a tour of the mega apps in China, Yeah, you know, like the, the, the yeah, big boys. The- the one app oh that God. does everything: payment, it, uh, food, yeah. rides, chat, blah, DMV. Blah, blah. The D, got, they've got the DMV in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, this is this is Musk's wet dream. This is what he thinks he's going to turn Twitter into when he removes himself from the pile of debt that he's put himself in. Well, see, the problem with it is, and and my friend uh, laid this out very clearly, and this is why all the millionaires are leaving China right now. All of that shit is state. You know, guy has the state's fingers in everything. Yes, yes they so, track you. Yes, having one app where everything is that the state, who is you know obviously not a fan of its citizens, can track and also mm-hmm. turn off. Yes. You are in a, you're in an episode of Black Mirror right there. Well, and know? as we've said seven gazillion times on this podcast, the only difference between China and uh, the Western world is in China it's the government, and in the Western world it's the corporations. Yep. So yep, she equals Zuckerberg. Is about it. <laughs> Yeah. So it was it was just really terrifying to see like how much how much they put into these things. And he's like, Oh, it's great until it's not. You know? Everything <laughs> exactly. is fantastic. Everything's until fantastic. Until you have a differing opinion from the government. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But hey, that's why all the millionaires are leaving, because they yeah. they have the means, so they're gonna GTFO. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to destroy your economy and uh brain drain. And many other things. So Uh, a lot can change in two weeks, obviously. Uh, Two weeks ago when we last did our show, I was discussing the San Francisco uh, petition from the police to use robots as a deadly force option and how dystopian and messed up that would be. Uh, One week ago when we didn't do a show, they had approved it. And we we had deadly killer robots roaming the streets of San Francisco picking up man poo with bombs. Yeah, they're um, just blowing up man poo. <laughs> Fire in the hole! <laughs> but in the week since then, it has been banned in a drastic U-turn because basically the entire universe went up and said, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad idea. And so they, uh, yeah, they don't get to use their robots to kill people anymore. Good. That's yeah. that's the way it should be. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all in agreement, except for the, the few people who voted for this damn except thing. Except for the San Francisco the Police Department, which very much wants to use robots to kill its citizens. And Oakland PD and New York City and everybody <laughs> else. And the cops just like killing people. I think that's the I think that's the through line. Who knew Ice Key Ice T had it right all those many years ago? Or was that Ice Cube? Uh, I can't remember. I, I get him confused. I get him confused. But you know where they did need those? Uvaldi. That's where they really needed killer robots because sure as hell the cops didn't do anything. Well, I think that was my point two weeks ago, which, yeah. which is, you know, if the cops aren't going to do their job, I guess we should just turn it over to the robots. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm. Uh, my friend Joey sent this one to me, um, and I just thought it was hilarious. Who said it, Kanye or Hitler? And it's a, it's a stand-up gig from Garfunkel and Oates that's 13 years old, and it's hilarious. I can't say the signs haven't been there. <laughs> the 
Well, some of this is a bit outdated, except it's not because nothing's really changed in the last week. So we'll go ahead and just run through them quickly. Uh, Quibble sent this one in. I'm sure you guys have seen this story, but I'd like to get your take on it. Where's Twitter going to be in a year or two? And this is uh, Chinese bots inundate Twitter with pornographic spam amid COVID protests. So there have been all the zero COVID uh, protests in China. Uh, people standing up and saying they've had enough of this and it's, um, you know, they're behind the big walls. So it's very difficult to find out what's going on, except for local activists using Twitter through VPNs to avoid uh, Chinese government censorship. So that's been coming through Twitter, but uh, the Chinese government has flooded Twitter with uh, porn and spam and using the same hashtags and basically diluting all the real content with their crap. And of course, you know, there's nobody over at Twitter paying attention to this stuff anymore. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there there's you go. Spam left. is just cluttering results everywhere since nobody cares. Uh, the other thing that they've stopped doing as we see the COVID-19 numbers rise again, they've stopped enforcing their COVID-19 misinformation policy. So have at it, people. Yep. Misinformation about COVID-19, totally okay on Twitter again now. Yep, yep. Oh, God. And after that, we've also got a Twitter data leak, which has exposed over 5.4 million accounts. Uh, the really fun thing about this one is the people that started to report it on Twitter had their accounts blocked. Nice. Shut down. Oh my God. Huh. It is huh. just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's just going great. Just going great. Everything's going great over there. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, so now the Twitter's janitors are on strike as well because uh, they obviously they're, they're, didn't like the sink that Elon brought in. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. We're not watching that one too. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, there's there's some uh, contract negotiations that's going on because they're supposed to be able to like when a when an ownership is changed for a, a contractor and all the stuff with the they're, supposed to be ninety days whatever so they're, they're, and, yeah 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 blah 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 so it was just I just put this in here because uh, to go back to Quibble's question where where you see Twitter in in a year or two literally up shit creek. <laughs> It's hard to see any good outcome anymore. It really is. Um, they're not paying people. Uh, they're, they're moving they're, in beds. They're turning it yeah. into a, a hotel. Well, they've, they're they're not allowed to well do. They, they've quite literally turned it into slave labor. The people that are still working there are the people on the on, on yeah the H one B visas. Yeah, the, H, the visas, and they can't leave. Everybody yep. else, anybody that could leave, has left. Yep, so, or we're fired, <laughs> or we're fired. So it's it's just a mess. You couldn't have left at a better time, Jason. Is what I'm saying. I know, and and the other <laughs> thing that made it really easy to I was like I checked out Mastodon. I'm like no, and then I got the thing from Post, like Post News. They let me in, and I looked at it. And I'm like, yeah, I logged in I twice. I was like, I don't need this. I don't want to do this again. I've yeah. been I've been down this road. My heart's been broken too many times, and <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. I got a business to run, you know. So. Yeah. I'm just I'm done with it, man. It has been it has been much nicer for the past week or so that I've been off. So, just telling mm -hmm. you, Elon's making it really easy, making it really easy. Want to hear about another thing he's fucking up in a completely different company? Oh, please do tell me. <laughs> Don't, let us let us not forget he is also CEO of Neuralink. I forgot he was actually CEO of that dumpster fire. Well, he still is, and he said uh, they had their big thing, the big event, and he says they expect human trials within six months. I bet they're all going to be on H1 uh, visas. <laughs> That's right. People doing these human trials. It's been six years since Tesla, SpaceX, and now Twitter CEO Elon Musk co-founded Brain Control Interface's BCI startup Neuralink. I can't believe it's been six years. It's been three years since the company yeah. first demonstrated its showing machine-like implantation robot. 
which is straight out of Brazil, uh, two years since the company stuck its technology into the heads of pigs, and just over 19 months since they did the same to primates, an effort that allegedly killed 15 out of 23 test subjects. That's news that I didn't hear before. Nevertheless, why should that stop him? Yep. <laughs> so break they, some held, eggs. <laughs> they held their third show-and-tell event uh, uh, last Wednesday, and he said, we think probably in about six months we should be able to have a Neuralink installed in a human. Yes, it has killed 15 out of 23 test primates, but let's go ahead and stick it in a person now, right? Yeah. I think Got to move fast and FDA, break things. I think the FDA might have something, something to say about that. Yeah, I don't see this happening anytime soon. So. Oh God! I saw this next one over at uh, the New York Times, and it just it, it it intrigued me. NFTs on the decline elsewhere are embraced by some museums, and I'm like, okay, I can get that. I can get behind that. You know, museums they just they just want to have collections of what's going on at the times. You know which museum this is the the only museum in the world that should have NFTs, Jason, and and you live in the same city in which it exists. Okay, the Museum of Jurassic Technology. There we go. <laughs> You've been there, right? Like it's amazing. Yes. If you're ever in LA, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. But the thing about this article is, you have to scroll down about a little, about halfway, and you get to see this photo of Daniel Birnbaum, the artistic mm-hmm. director of Acute Art, and he says, "I think we're in a moment of transformation, and it has to do with these new digital mediums." Well, what I what gets me is the photograph of this art snob. Either he's asleep and dreaming of electric sheep, but it looks like he's gazing longingly at the Oculus 2 on the table and he wants to fuck it. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> uh, Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, I'm sorry. I've been, watching, I've been watching The White Lotus, so I'm, I'm getting – we'll talk about that in a second. But that just reminded me of a scene in there. Just look at him. It's, <laughs> it's, it's wrong. It is wrong. Okay. Well, there's been more FTX fallout. Um you know, they because <laughs> if, if one crypto tree falls in a forest, it tends to take down all the rest of them around it, which is <laughs> yep. exactly what's happened. Uh, BlockFi, which was a crypto lender, has now filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy because basically they were – there's no better way to say it. They were giving each other reach arounds with your money. Mm-hmm. And now that all the money has gone, they're dry. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to making <laughs> fake cur- – well, I'd say they were making fake currencies, but they were made – extra fake currencies and once those all kind of disappeared then everybody's leverage went away and it's like it's it is a tower of dominoes or however you want to now i I just i just want to focus on these last three paragraphs and and if there are any accountants that listen to the show i would love a deeper dive into this from any of you it noted that recoveries from FTX are likely likely to be delayed given the company's bankruptcy process. In addition, BlockFi says as $256.9 million in cash on hand, which should provide sufficient liquidity to support certain operations during the restructuring process, such as paying employee wages and continued benefits. In a court filing, they estimated that they had more than 100,000 creditors. Wow. <sighs> And consolidated liabilities between one billion and ten billion. So you have liabilities of somewhere between one and ten billion. Oh, just spitballing somewhere yeah, between just, one and ten billion. There. What's nine billion amongst friends? Yeah. But you only have two hundred and fifty-six million dollars in cash on hand, which should be sufficient. Yeah. Okay. And what so, fucking universe do these people exist in? The brosphere. <laughs> I just want to slap the shit out of them. All of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just talking to uh, talking to a mutual friend of ours about uh, the the FTX uh, ex CEO, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm like, I you know this guy really seriously needs security because somebody's going to kill him. The smartest place for that guy to be right now is jail. He should he should actually march himself to jail for protection. Well, I think he might be there very soon. So oh, yeah, he's he's definitely going to he's going to get perp walked. There's no doubt about that. Especially if he keeps doing these podcast interviews. Idiot. Oh, did you see the did you see the girl from Alameda um, from her Tumblr profile a, a few years ago? She was mm-hmm. like, you know, she's like, I'm trying to make my profile, but I don't know where to put in quirky, fun personality. Should I put that before or after wire fraud? And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my God, these people were in they, a different there's, there's no shame. reality. There's 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 yeah. no shame. There's no reality at all for these people. Well, Meta has also been hit with a $265 million fine or million euro fine uh, for failing to prevent millions of Facebook users' mobile phone numbers and other data from being scraped and dumped online, according to uh, the Irish Data Protection Commission. So uh, I, the irony there, of course, being is that's exactly how Facebook started, scraping yeah. information and dumping it back online on their own site. That's right. Now they're supposed so. to protect against that, but they didn't, and they're in trouble again. Yeah, I just I don't know how you can stop scraping. You know, if you could, then we wouldn't have that. Well, wait, hold uh, on. Isn't Facebook what? supposed to be a walled garden? Oh yes, well, <laughs> that that should stop the data scraping. Well, guess not. Guess, guess not. not. <laughs> uh, imagine that. And uh, DoorDash is laying off around one thousand two hundred and fifty corporate employees in the latest instance of belt tightening and well-known tech companies. Uh, shocking that a food delivery service universally hated by both the people that uh, use the service and the restaurants that they, they, they take the service from, everybody hates these companies and they're not doing well because everybody hates these companies and we're no longer terrified to go get the food ourselves. Speak for yourself. The numbers in here in LA are getting bad. So I'm, <laughs> well, I use DoorDash That might this be week. good news. <laughs> yeah, I used DoorDash this week. But here's the upside for DoorDash. Now they have 1,250 new drivers. That's true. They're just moving people from the uh, blue collars to the, well, I guess the white collars to the no collars. Yeah. The t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. T-shirts. That's it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, another company, uh, one of your favorites, Jason, Deliveroo. Deliveroo. Has, has left Australia. Basically, the chief executive told creditors the food delivery company has no viable path to profitability (laughs) as riders, drivers, restaurant operators, and customers await a second creditor's meeting to determine whether they will receive further compensation or any money. Um, Uber, are you listening? (laughs) Oh, my God. I I, I don't know how to do Deliveroo in an Australian accent. So I guess I I I won't even try it. But we saw this coming. Come on. Yes, this, of course. This, There's too many of these companies around. There's not that much market share as the pandemic ended, except, you know, until it comes back. Obviously, people are just going to stop using these services and the restaurants hate it because they're getting fucked. The consumers tend to hate it because they get cold food, cold food. comes upside yeah. down. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's not it's not a viable business. Then again, I've been saying that about Uber for 10 years. Yeah, well, they're eventually going to run out of money and we'll be proven right. But um, (laughs) these guys, it's like, yeah, people – look, it was great during the pandemic to be able to do this stuff. But we said the pandemic's mostly over now and people really want to get the hell out of their house. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I will walk down – like we're talking – it's fucking cold here. 
I will walk down and get the food. I will get in the car and go get the food because all these delivery services suck and the charges are ridiculous. All of a sudden, oh, my, yeah. my bill has doubled now. Yeah. And the restaurant's not getting that money. Yeah. The driver's not getting the money. Who's Mm -hmm. getting the money? Deliveroo's Australian CEO. That's who was getting the fucking money. This episode is brought to you by Mood. Have you ever thought about elevating your THC experience, not to just feel good, but also to boost your creativity, focus, and energy? Well, I have some exciting news for all you cannabis enthusiasts. Mood has just launched their most potent product yet, introducing the hemp-based THCA flower. This edition marks a new era in the legal THC world, and it's something you've got to try, along with Mood's fantastic range of flower, gummies, vapes, and more. And here's a treat. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. I tried several of their products from the uplifting energized to the mellow chill, and I must say each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite, definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and had me breezing through my projects. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA Flower, is a game changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Try Mood's new THCA flower today. For a limited time only, get 20% off your first order in a free THCA pre-roll. Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com, code GOG for 20% off your order in a free THCA pre-roll. Elevate your mood with Mood today. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu podcast. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Media Candy. I am uh, mostly caught up on the peripheral. I think I missed the latest episode. Still decent? Well, the latest episode is the finale, so there's only eight. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have not seen the, the eighth episode. I got up to seven. Okay, well, next week when you talk about when you get up to number eight, we'll have a chat. Okay. <laughs> we'll have a chat. You know what's going to happen, Jason, is I'm going to find out that actually I was two glasses of wine in and it was the eighth episode and I just didn't realize that. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to come back next week and go, I'm really fucking pissed because I didn't even realize that that was the, that, that was the end and here we are. I think you'll know. I think you'll know. <laughs> okay. It's, it's got a definitely uh, interesting ending, so we'll, okay. we'll, well, have, we'll have the, a spoiler-laden version next week. <laughs> well, after the two glasses of wine and watching whatever episode of The Peripheral I watched, uh, you had texted me and said, you really need to watch The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And I texted yes! you back and said, no, I fucking do not because I hate the MCU and I could care less. Uh, but I had been two glasses of wine in, so I watched The Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And... It was thoroughly enjoyable. Totally enjoyable. That's short what I, and sweet yeah. and Kevin Bacon esque. <laughs> I mean, it just it, I didn't know it existed, and I was just bouncing around uh, um, the Plex server that uh, our show fan in Ger- from. Uh, it's a Plex server in Germany that one of our show fans gave me access to. Yes, uh, I think he's in, in New Zealand, but uh, um, it just happened to show up there, and I'm like, "What's this?" So I hit play and I watched it. It's funny. I pay for Disney Plus, but I watched it in an illegal stream from Germany because it just happened to be on my TV. This is the world we live in. Yes, but this is what cord cutting has brought us. Thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. I loved it, it. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And the reason it was fun, it focused on two minor characters and Kevin Bacon. Yep. And it had nothing to do with anything else, and nobody cares about anything else. And Deadpool didn't show up, and Thor didn't show up, and it was fantastic. It was just fun, yeah. Yep. Uh, then I went down the Mickey rabbit hole again. Uh, another documentary. I think I've I've run I've run the well dry on the documentaries with this one. Mickey: The Story of a Mouse, which is okay. basically the story of Mickey Mouse. Uh, Any good? From, yes, of course. I'm a Disney file. I loved it. Uh, definitely, you know, it started with the very beginnings of Walt Disney and what Mickey Mouse was and vaguely racist and fucked up and kind of sexist and, and how Mickey has changed with the times as society has changed. It was really cool. Very interesting. Cool. Very cool. And Wednesday. So I I was not going to watch Wednesday either. And that was another one that you told me I absolutely need to watch. Um, I, I just watched the episode with the big dance. The Raven. Oh, the um, dance, yes. Yeah, that was last night's episode. Uh, I fucking love this show. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, it just it, it gets better all the way up into the end. It, this is one of those shows that is just a slow burn, and it is one of the most well-written mysteries that I've seen in a long time. It is uh, just – it's so well done. I have nothing bad to say about it. The casting nothing. is amazing. The acting is amazing. The writing is amazing. The music, goo-goo muck. 
Oh, I'm not in a million years would I have thought a cramp song would feature on a major show. <laughs> I'm watching Goo Goo Muck and she is dancing like like I used to like my girlfriends used to dance when I was 14 at golf clubs. <laughs> yep. I mean, the, unbelievably good. Like, I love this. It's so good. See, so I, much yeah, fun. I was I was totally not going to watch it. And then I'm just like, God, OK, let's just just try one. And then when I saw it, first thing that came up is by Tim Burton. I'm like, well, now I'm interested. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, you had me at Tim. And uh, which is yeah. actually not something that you can say reliably anymore, by the way. Tim Willy Burton's Wonka. had some stinkers recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, he's definitely had some stinkers, but I think he has redeemed himself with yeah. this one because it feels damn. very old school. Yeah. Oh yeah, it just like I tell you, it just keeps getting better and better and better. So yeah, I'm really yes. enjoying it. I can't wait to finish it up, and I'm glad to hear that there's a season two coming. And yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, uh, you know, that was the, that was the reason I watched it because it was the the news came out that it was the most watched show on Netflix and kicked off Stranger Things. I'm like, really? Well, <laughs> there must be something here. Still haven't seen the last season of Stranger Things. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll it was around to it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, don't, the problem is there. The episodes are an hour and a half long. Yeah, so Just, that's the I, that's biggest an investment hurdle. I don't have that kind it of is. time. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. And uh, then I finally watched uh, one episode of This Is Pop. Um, it's a streaming series on Netflix. I think there's six or seven episodes that kind of delve into different aspects of music. Uh, and I watched the episode called Hail Britpop because I'm a huge Britpop fan. And I've been just, uh, trying to get this uh, Mickey Bernie from Lush, who they actually started as shoegaze. They were kind of lumped in with Britpop, but yeah, whatever. We could argue that all day and all night. She'd been talking about it because she has a book out. I can't get the book here. It's only out in the UK. I cannot get the book. Driving me nuts. Anyways, she had posted that she was also in this documentary, so I went to go watch it. It's about 45 minutes long. I love all this music so much. It was great. So I just thoroughly enjoyed it. So if you're ever a Britpop fan or into the music out coming that came out of the UK in the 90s, this is for you. Awesome. Great watch. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And my roommate and I watched Knives Out, the original one, because all the hubbub is about Glass Onion right now. Yes. And I forgot this was directed by uh, Rian Johnson or Rian or... Destroyer of Star Wars. Yes. Yes. Destroyer of, of all children's hopes and dreams. Yes. That guy. Actually, not um, any children's hopes and dreams because oh, kids yes. like the kids like those movies. Destroyer yeah. of old farts, original Star Wars fans' dreams. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, this is the second time I've seen this movie, and I love it every time I've seen it. It's, it's, a, so it's good. a solid movie. I, it is. I remember solid. watching it. I didn't want to. My wife wanted to, and I was like, "All right, fine." And yeah, it's just really good. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the next one, Glass Onion, which uh, hits. It's in the theaters now. I hear it's better. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a plus because mm-hmm. I didn't know how they were going to make it better because I thought the first one was damn near perfect. So, all right. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> um, one movie I saw that was damn near not perfect was a movie called Memory, okay. which uh, came across my Amazon Prime recommended for you feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, stars Liam Neeson and Guy Pierce, um, mm-hmm. and it's directed by Martin Campbell. Who has done movies like Casino Royale and The Mask of Zorro, two of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has apparently gotten Alzheimer's or something because, good (laughs) Lord, this thing was a piece of shit. It was terrible Uh, for the the star power that they had in it. 
it made no sense half the time. Uh, continuity was terrible. The story was just boring. No, they phoned the whole thing in. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a paycheck for these guys because they certainly weren't in it for the art. It was a mess. So skip okay. memory. Um, I shall. <laughs> uh, since the White Lotus season two is out, um, I finally went back and started to watch season one because I'd never seen it. I love um, season one. Thoroughly enjoyed so good. We, yeah. I, right before I came in to record, we just finished episode four. So we're <laughs> we're cooking right along. But my God, the music is so good. The 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 visuals, so good. And then you get to the, the acting and the story. It is amazing. It's I, just the right it's the right touch of quirky humor and weirdness. Like it, yeah. yeah, it's it's really well done. Um it, I have not Yeah, it's watched like if I liked two. Wes Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an enjoyable Wes Anderson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife is watching season two. Um, she's doing that while I'm watching Wednesday and all this other crap that I've watched. Um, and she was like, do you want me to wait and watch it with? And I was just like, dad, just go and let me know if it's any good or not. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so okay. I think that, I think it was a, you know, lightning in a bottle with season one. We'll see. Okay. Cause I've heard, I've heard mixed reviews. I heard the first episode is kind of slow and weird. It starts weird, but then it picks up later, but yeah. See. I don't know season, yeah. But the first season was great, absolutely phenomenal. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I, I am definitely enjoying it so far. And uh, when I was hunkered down in bed the other night, I I watched uh, the new Neil Brennan Blocks special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. This guy is so goddamn smart; it's ridiculous. I I just I love his delivery. I love his jokes. They're very well well thought out. I just I really enjoy his work and I really enjoyed this special. Even though it was mostly him complaining about, you know, his personality traits and things like that. I still there was still mm-hmm. a lot in there that was really funny. And his Chris Rock joke. I, I mean I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. I was I was like <laughs> crying. I had to get tissues, snot running out of my nose because that, that one Chris Rock joke was so fucking funny. And it it's just it hits you a little bit later, but it's good. Um Are you a Neil Brennan fan? Um, I've never really seen anything. I, I've heard the name a few times. I, I know people, I've heard you mention him before. A couple of my other friends have said he's good. You know what? I, I haven't watched a stand up special in ages. Like I really oh, need to go back. This is when I'm going to wish the uh, search on our GOG.show site worked better because you've, you've talked about so many stand up shows recently or like with at least within the last year. And I probably have not watched any stand up. So I need to go back and, and get on that. Yeah, uh, he has his first stand-up special was called Three Mics, which was really good. This new one's mm-hmm. called Blocks, and this new one's directed by um, uh, Derek Delgado. Okay, remember him? He did that that one crazy nope. special on Hulu. Um, he was <laughs> oh, the magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, the magician. magician. The magician. Yeah. yes, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah he directed this, so it's kind of okay. got that same kind of feel and vibe to it. Okay. Um, but it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and our search works great on the new website. Once we once oh, we got out of WordPress okay. and we moved over to Pod Pages, the search works fantastic now. Good. Okay. Nobody yeah. text. Nobody tweet us about finding something anymore. Search for it. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Look it up. RTFM. Um, and the, and I watch a lot of guys' grocery games since after after my stroke. That's like every night we watch like one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. And we're up to it's like season what I do four. with uh, diners, drives, and dives. Yeah, 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 <laughs> pretty much. And we we went linearly from the beginning because um, we watched a lot of them in uh, quarantine when they were doing the triple G from home, which was really fun. Uh, but then we got to into the show, and 
I've always just had questions about how they do the show. And -hmm. I found a 15 minute video called what the cameras don't show you on guys, grocery games. And it's a behind the scenes of how they do the show, what they do with the food, all the other stuff that I just always had questions about how long it takes to do an episode. It's well, if you're, if you're a fan of guys, grocery games, go check it out. It's just fun to see how the, like how much production goes into that show that you just, how the sausage is made, Jason. Exactly. Exactly. Ups and doodads. Fuck Dropbox. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, I felt that I way for years. It's a hundred bucks a year for that shit. <laughs> well, I use it everywhere. It is the it is the backbone of my operation. Yeah, and it's it has worked fantastic. And the great part about it is, I have one machine that has an external hard drive that is always syncing my entire Dropbox library, which is like two point eight terabytes. So it's mm-hmm. always in sync. So I always have like I can pick it up and I have a backup. Well, they've got a new change coming <laughs> with, <laughs> with their their new version. Uh, you cannot pick the location of your Dropbox folder anymore. It will mm-hmm. now go into home, library, cloud storage. Great. Okay. Easy to fucking find. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing about it is you cannot use external drives anymore. I'm That's like, bullshit. It's so lame. And they're saying it's 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 because of a change in Mac OS that they they're, they're no longer being able to do it because it's no longer supported by Mac OS. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, okay, well that fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> I I switched over one machine, the machine I'm on right now. It is kind of seamless because of the way they do it, but the fact that I can't have you know an external drive is just like, well, damn, that really sucks. <laughs> Because it's always like me hedging my bets against Dropbox falling off the planet. But right. I don't know. So I, I think I'm going to be looking for a new workflow substitute at this point. But damn. It's a bummer. You're going to have to get yourself an ass. Get, you get well, I've got one of those. But yeah, but I work with people all over California. So it's mm. easy for us to just swap and like keep the same folders in sync for all the clients that we work on. Right. Yeah, and it's just so much easier. But I guess I mean we can probably still do that. But I, this this whole no external hard drive just chaps my dazzle. You know, we're just heading back to the days when we need to get the we we need to get the the wired connection into our closet and we put our servers in there again, just like the old days. Jason, get that T one line. Oh God, I want, <laughs> we're going back to SciQuest and Zip. That's it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start shipping. I'm, I'm gonna get all the ex Deliveroo drivers to just drive around my Zip disks and my SciQuest drives. <laughs> oh, funny. So it's that time of the year when Spotify releases their uh, their big old promotion where you can uh, basically showcase all the data that they collect on you on everything that you play all throughout the year. Except nobody's really sharing. Spotify's version because a 20-year-old California student created a viral Spotify festival poster app that is vastly more more interesting and more popular than what Spotify actually did. Uh, Have you seen this? I'm assuming you have at this point. Yes, I have. It's awesome. So uh, a 20-year-old USC student, uh, my alma mater, thank you very much, Anshay Sabu, he he made this great little thing that just basically pulls your top, I don't know, 15 or 20 artists and sticks them in a in a very Coachella-style festival lineup. And everybody loved this thing for about a week and a half, and then everybody had done it, and it was done. So, you know. Yep, that's how it goes. Yeah, the way these things go, but very fucking clever. So well done. And Spotify should basically hire this dude. I wonder if he used any AI, because hmm. the AI world is getting very interesting this week. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually holding a little bit. Uh, I, I, I have some commentary, but I'm going to hold it for next week. But yeah, go ahead. Let's get into it. All right. Because, I mean, the big things that are out right now, uh, the new chat GPT came out. Played um, with it this week. It's stunningly good. It is? Okay. It, it actually is. Like, <laughs> if we were in high school or college right now, you'd, you'd never need to write an essay again. This thing writes really? it perfectly for you. Journalists almost, uh, I wouldn't say journalists are out of business because their business is actually finding the facts and getting the interesting information and the scoops. But in terms of, of actually copywriters, out of business immediately. Done. Yeah. We know a couple of magazines already that have been using GPT-3. They mm -hmm. put in a press release and then basically GPT-3 rewrites it as an article with all the mm -hmm. facts from that press release and that shit goes yep. out all the time, you yep. know? Yeah, so, it's unbelievably good. Yep. Then next they comes for the real writers, then comes for the code, and oh, dear. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Next <laughs> next are the podcasters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You still got to um, seed it. You got to seed it with that line. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's all about all seeding with the line. Remember, remember back in the day when Google first came out and like knowing how to do a Google search was a very – uh, to quote Liam Neeson, a very specific set of skills. Yes, it was. That's Still what, is, if you know that's, all the Well, that's the yeah. future right now. It's going to be the very specific set of skills to be able to put the right seeding things into these AI into these AI systems. Yep. No. Um, that's some of the some of the great ones that people that share, and that's what, that is the nice thing about Midjourney too, is because you can see all the prompts that people are giving mm -hmm. it, and you can learn from those prompts and see what generates what. Yep. And uh, that part is at least interesting. Yeah, I have I have many many things to say about <laughs> a lot of this. This stuff can mess with your head, is what mm -hmm. I'm finding out. If you look at enough of this um, generative AI art, you will have nightmares about it because this really is it's it's it is so stuck in the uncanny valley so much of the time. It's it's like planting itself in your head. It's not good. I, I don't but think it's, it's very days, good for man. anybody at all. Oh. No, I, I I think it's really bad right now. People people are getting way too into it. That's the problem. It, it, it's hard to find somebody that's casually into doing this. People right. are either all the fuck in and they're getting warped and insane, or they're just like, I, I'm not paying attention to it. I'm not, not or don't even know it exists. I, I'm very envious of those people. Or they're just like like you and I, which is like we're putting on our blinders. Well, no, you you do it. I put my blinders on. I'm like, I'm not getting into this. I'm not going to look. <laughs> no, I've played with quite a bit of it. I, I even did some today because I still mm -hmm. have my Mid-Journey account, so I was playing around with it a bit today. My friend Bill Sneebold, who does uh, all the movie poster stuff, he's a master at it. And um, I want to I want to have a conversation with him about it because, you know, he's a professionally trained artist. And mm -hmm. he, he just seems to spend his entire days on there now and just make some of the most incredible stuff, though. I, I, I remember, and I'm sure this translates very well to the visual medium, but I'm going back to talking about like the the – the chat bots and the, and the writing bots that, that are out there, the AI systems and the one I played with, I was reading an article about uh, from a really well-known journalist that I really like and respect. And he was like, you know what? I, I write my article. I take my paragraph or like I'll take my opening sentence of a paragraph and I'll drop it in there. I'll see what it comes up with. And there'll be one or two lines in there that are actually better than mine. So I'll pull those and I'll put them in and I'm using it to make my work better, which yeah. is a really interesting way to approach it, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And I mean, I, I mean, it's not that much different. Well, I guess it's a slightly different because I mean, I use Grammarly for everything now, which is, you know, not as in depth as that, but I use it, you know, it's a writing tool to make my yep. writing better. So this is mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. Just it, a little it bit kind more of is like, it's out. just, and, and again, I want to get into this a little bit more next week when I'm going to do a, a hopeful and uplifting episode. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a very special episode of GOG. So uh, who's the guest host? Because it ain't going to be know, you. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be drunk me. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. It's good. We can have a uh, ring in the new year. Yeah. Um, so th- the next thing that came out this week was the big hubbub, not hubbub, but the the big push that everybody's doing their Lenza avatars to make them look like a superhero. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, but then people figured out it was really easy to make uh, make some naked people from it. <laughs> yep. Um, I've seen many of those images. Yep. Um, yep. And, and I've tried I, not to, by the way. I've tried not to, and I can't not see them because they're everywhere. Everywhere. And I love this title of the headline over at TechCrunch. Prisma Labs, maker of Lenza AI, says it's working to prevent accidental generation of nudes. Now, the keyword there is accidental. Because a lot of people are doing it very much dentally, yes, not accidentally. Exactly. <laughs> The Prisma Labs teams point out that there are two issues here. By uploading explicit images, the users train a particular and individual copy of the model that the company claims is deleted once the generation is complete. And these images cannot be used to train the model further. (laughs) In other words, if you upload porn to make porn, that's kind of on you. I'm going to say if you're uploading porn to make porn, of course it's on them because that's what they want to do. So Mm -hmm. in Lenza is not cheap, you know, costs a couple bucks a month through the app. So who cares if to them, it's like, okay, if this is a one-off use case, yeah. by yeah, all means, have at for. it. Yeah. yeah. Adults going to adult. Well, and children are going to adult too, because let's talk about unstable diffusion for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These guys, these mm-hmm. guys, they took stable, uh, stable diffusion, which is the normal text to image AI. And then, yeah, broke it. Yep. Basically just broke it so they could make the nudes. They and, basically uh, pulled off the restraints. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the guide rails that were in there, they just ripped them right off. Yeah. And they're making their own data sets and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, there is an unstable diffusion discord group that you can join, which I did I would because not recommend research. It. <laughs> okay, um, Pete Townsend. I, uh, I have unsubscribed from the unstable diffusion discord <laughs> channel. About 30 seconds after being on it, I yeah. looked at it and I'm like, oh, this is just fucking nightmare fuel. It is like it is just the bits, the bits from Unstable Diffusion that have bubbled up far enough into the ecosphere that I would actually even see them, which is way higher level than you, Jason, because you went yeah. straight to the source. The bits yeah. that have bubbled up just high enough for me to see it puts like 4chan. It makes 4chan look like Disneyland. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it's close. It's close. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on B on 4chan. I, I, that will fuck you up too. I, I don't recommend that either. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, this it's just it's it's wrong. Everything about it is just wrong. Yes, as, as yep. you said, it's early days, but um, well, the you know problem think, is oh, <laughs> the problem is again, uh, it's just showing how broken we are as a society right now. And and just mm-hmm. when these tools go into the masses and the masses do not give a fuck anymore and there's no morality and there's no societal – there's no no shame anymore about anything. Like nope. people are proud of this shit. Like – Well, 
I where theory, are the grandmas Ryan? slapping these people upside the head? <laughs> Ain't no grandmas anymore. <laughs> uh, grandma's got her own channel. That's where grandma, grandma's on Twitch. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of these people that are diving in, like as you said, you know, the, these people are going all in. I I bet that I could draw a very straight line between crypto bros to NFTs to generative AI. Well, it's all the same thing. It's escapism. It's it's I yes. I'm not the the real world holds nothing for me, so I'm going all in on this shit. Sad. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, at least in my day we had to learn Photoshop to make this stuff. Come on. And it didn't look that good. Well, some of it looked a lot better. <laughs> At least my stuff did. But uh, God, I, I'm still thinking of this one image that I saw that I will not describe that I need to get some brain draino to get it out of my head. I really do. <laughs> and just finally, uh, Adobe Stock is going to start selling AI-generated artwork as long as each uh, piece is labeled as generative AI. Um, and okay. I'm assuming there's going to be people curating these, but we'll see. Who knows? It's Adobe. You never know. You know, yeah. they probably have an AI looking at the AI. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, uh, Apple has abandoned their plan to check your iOS device and iCloud photos for CSAM imagery. Well, Good. I mean, now you'd have to prove did it come from unstable diffusion or is it a real photo? Exactly. That's going to oh, start <laughs> to become very problematic. It is. It is. But here's the, here's the, here's the, uh, the upside to that, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe these guys will get what they need out of the the generative AI and stop touching kids. Possible, possible, <laughs> not probable. I just said possible. Not entirely sure it's a good solution, but well, we'll take it. It's a, it's a solution. <laughs> if 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 it if it's if it stops one kid getting touched, then you know it's doing its job. Look, here's um, what I. In the same way that uh, there are maps of people that have gotten in trouble with law for these sorts of things before, and you can look them up online and it's very public. I would love to know if the, my neighbor happens to have unstable diffusion installed in their system. I would like to know that very, very much. As okay. Well, that has a child. <laughs> I had unstable diffusion installed and I not, so you're not I allowed around my child anymore. <laughs> I've never been around your, out <laughs> around your child. Your wife's like, he's still here? Get him out of here. <laughs> She's the smart one of the family, by the way. That's true. Uh, <laughs> in Apple's new, uh, besides the CSAM abandonment, um, mm-hmm. they're going to roll out karaoke. Didn't sure. see that one coming. Why not? Uh, I you don't know. know. It's going to make, make uh, DJ's <laughs> bars uh, gigs a lot easier, and it'll be fucking huge in Japan. Oh, yeah. So um, why not? Yeah. And Korea. And don't forget yeah. South Korea. Yeah, not everything is for the U.S. marketplace. That's true. That's true. Um, because, I mean, you can kind of do it right now with the lyrics. They do a pretty mm-hmm. good job with the lyrics. But uh, this new one is definitely amped up. Uh, you can, you will be able to play it on uh, newer iPhones, iPads, and the latest 4K Apple TV. Uh, Nothing for the it, Mac. It's cute. It's a, it's a clever little thing. Why not? They can do it. It's all, all the pieces were there. Somebody in, somebody over at Apple was smart enough to go, why, why don't we just offer this as a service? Okay. Cool. Yep. But I think the best part about it though, is the, the level slider. So you can like <laughs> sing along or you can go solo, you know, yeah. that's, that's, I think that's a, a fine choice because most of the time you don't want most of those people doing karaoke going solo. It's not true. a good thing. Very not true. a good thing. Uh, we talked about the uh, Microsoft Activision merger many times, mm-hmm. and yep. I think I said many times, 
I can't believe that they're going to let this thing go through. Well, turns out <laughs> the FTC has come around and said, no, this probably should not go through because it might cause customers harm. And um, as a Call of Duty aficionado, I don't want Microsoft to own it. All right. Yeah. Because I'm Fair playing enough. on my PS5 now. Fuck Xbox. <laughs> we have too many massive companies. Uh, I mean, this could be a whole, this is a whole other topic about how we're consolidating every single fucking thing. And we're just letting like five people run the entire world. But yeah, block this. Of course, block this. Why Microsoft make your own fucking games? They do. And it's their biggest yeah. business unit, you know? Exactly. So, so leave so it they're that good. way. They're good yes. for now. You're fine. Let it go. Yeah. Let other companies exist, people. Yeah, this thing with Activision, because, you know, it's the issues with the old CEO and all that shit. And, yeah, you know, yeah, there's, there there's a lot of, lot of stuff <laughs> behind that one. But, yeah, I don't, want, I don't want Microsoft to own Activision. I mean, Microsoft makes fine games. So does Activision. Yeah. Let them make them separately, please. Yes, nothing wrong with that. Speaking of games that I like, I played The Tower, Idle Defense Tower. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to get cooking. It's definitely slow. I put it down and came back to it a couple times because I saw some people that were really like, oh, my God, if you love tower defense, you're going to love this game. And I'm like, I didn't get it at first. I did pay for like the $5.99 uh, bonus to get rid of some annoying ads and um, like a little coin bonus. So I didn't put a lot of money into it. Um, mm -hmm. But it took me a while to find like learn the game and figure it out. And now my highest level is 419 and it takes about an hour to play that one game. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the fucked up part. I looked at the the rankings for the weekly tournaments, and there's mm -hmm. somebody that got to like level fourteen thousand, and I'm like, how? How can there's no time in the day for that? So I don't know, but I gotta say, it, I mean, it's it's no field runners, it's not like pretty or anything. It's very Tron like. You have one single tower, and stuff comes at you, and you, it's resource management. It's all Was about Olivia Wilde in it. No, no, oh, sorry. Okay, then it's not Tron like <laughs> enough for me. Yes, uh, but. <laughs> It's good. It's, it's it's a fun game if you like tower defense games. If you don't like tower defense games, if you're not like psycho about tower defense games, don't get it. Okay, I won't because I'm not. At the library. You take a week off, Jason, and I read three books. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Along with watching all that TV. I know. I, was, I, had, I had free time for once. Wow. It was amazing. Anyways, uh, not entirely true. I'd been reading Outland, uh, which is the first book by Dennis E. Taylor, author of the Bobiverse, for quite some time. I finally finished it. It was fine. You don't need it's to fine. read it. You don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. It, it was fine. Yeah, just Good go get a Bob. Book. Go get a Bob yeah. book. Yeah, and then uh, obviously, as you heard in, from Media Candy, I was getting into uh, music and the Britpop era and all that sort of stuff. Um, I found out that uh, one of my favorite bands that everybody likes to crap on and nobody realizes how genius they were, Jesus Jones, uh, the lead singer Mike Edwards, wrote a small little book, Death Threats from an Eight-Year-Old, The Story of Jesus Jones. Um, I would like to say it's not the story of Jesus Jones. It's the story of the rapid rise and then the equally rapid fall of Jesus Jones, but it didn't really, it, it, I would have liked to have read a full book. This is probably about a hundred pages, 150 pages or something like that. It was a short mm. little thing, but really enjoyable. And I, I fucking love the band and I love that era and loved hearing about, um, hearing about it. The one thing I will say about this, if you're one of our younger listeners and I know nobody really wants to be a musician anymore because you can't make any money and it's not cool. But if you were thinking about it, 
don't read this book because this is the most depressing book about the music industry I've ever read in my entire <laughs> life. Okay. These guys had a number one hit all over the entire fucking world. Right here, right now is still played constantly. Yep. There's no money. There's no respect. They got dropped. The labels fucked them. The papers fucked them. Like you could not, you would, as a, as a 15 year old, I would have dreamed of having a career like Jesus Jones. And now that I've read what it actually was like for the lead singer of Jesus Jones, he was miserable and hated every second of it and was treated like shit constantly. The music industry is a fucking flaming cesspool. Well, yeah, we knew that for a long time. Yeah, of course we um, knew that. But it, this book, I've never had it spelled out so clearly. The wow. only reason to read this book is to realize how shitty the music industry is. And it is fucking phenomenal at portraying that. All right. As, <laughs> as you know, I'm a huge Jesus Jones fan. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I, and, and I'm not a fan of the music industry. So I think I'm you already You will gonna... love this book. You will love will. this book, actually. Okay. <laughs> yes. I think you would enjoy it a lot. Okay, so, uh, maybe let's yeah, check it out. It's, it's, it's worth reading, but it will destroy any 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 passing thought that you had that music was glamorous and cool and awesome. No, I never had that. So <laughs> no, no, no enough musicians to know that. Yeah, and then I was like really into the Britpop thing, and basically, I really just want to get the Ricky Bereni book from Lush, uh, and I can't mm -hmm. get it. And but I so I was just like, okay, okay, let me go find a book about Britpop, and I found the Birth and Impact of Britpop: Misshapes, Scenesters, and Insatiable Ones by Paul Laird. What I should have done, and I think this is another case of two glasses of wine when I was searching for a book, was look to see if Paul Laird had actually written anything else ever. He okay. had not. And this uh. is a fucking steaming pile of shit. And it is basically <laughs> this guy this guy pissed off that people didn't like the bands that he liked and the popular bands sucked and he didn't like them and fuck them. Okay. <laughs> so it was a one man, like it's, it must have been self-published. Uh, it's a one-man grudge against uh, 30 years ago music that just was released now. I'm like, boy, William Shatner from Saturday Night Live came to, came to mind immediately. Get a life. <laughs> okay. Well, pass on that one. Yep. <laughs> I got Nine Nasty Words, English in the Gutter, Then, Now, and Forever by John McWhorter. Mm -hmm. I heard about this book on Penn Sunday School because it was something very interesting that he was saying about um, – how swears come from different parts of your brain than regular language. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I'm, I'm curious yeah. about that. And uh, it's a fantastic book. It really is a fantastic book because it comes from a linguist's point of view, not like an anthropologist or anything. But it's just – it's really cool. It is a really cool short little book. Um, I think you would dig it for sure. You know what? What's really – I'm going to definitely read this now. The, the funny thing is I – didn't read this at all. Like I saw that you'd put in some books, but I didn't scan them or read through them at all. Mm -hmm. And I was reading an article today. Maybe it was by this guy. I should go back and look. Uh, that was talking about how cuss words and curse words universally, regardless of language and be way before like it would, <laughs> there were fucking planes or anything. We didn't get around like these languages were all separate, but universally cuss words use the same consonants. Universally, huh. Interesting. like it's it's just we there are certain sounds to the words that we use when we're making when we're cussing, when we're, when we're pissed and we're angry, and all that sort of stuff. And it's just I was just reading the article and I was fascinated by it and I had to give it up because I was actually supposed to be working. Uh, but 
I get, I, I'm going to go back and find the article and see if it relates to this since this is a book that's out now. But yeah, I want to read this. Thank you for giving me my next book. So cool. There you go. You have it. Um, Goblin Mode has been chosen as Oxford Word of the Year for 2022. I had never. I heard would like to Goblin point out Mode. that it's two words. <laughs> yes, I know. That was. I was going to get to that. <laughs> I was definitely going to get to that. Um, yeah, it's. I. I don't know. Uh, I just. I'd never heard of it before. And uh, had you? I'd not. No. No. Uh, no. uh, what's really annoying is Metaverse came in second and a hashtag came in third. So they're really just giving up the ghost over there at Oxford. Yeah. These, Word of the these... year is two words and the Metaverse third one doesn't is exist. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. There's okay. That. But I read through what goblin mode actually is and I kind I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, people like that have not really come out of like pandemic and covid living and just like have basically given up on anything and they're just sitting there also relates directly to the fucking lunatics that are getting into all the ai fucking porn art yeah pretty much bros and all of that they're all goblin mode Unapology, unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. That Boom, basically, all of them, all of them, <laughs> yep. the bit bros, the fucking AI people, all of it. Yep. Yep. They're all <laughs> stuck in goblin mode. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, we, Daniel Suarez has a new book coming out called Critical Mass. Uh-huh. Uh, I have pre-ordered it's it. A, it uh, it's the follow-up to a book, right? It's the second I don't know if this is a follow-up. That's the thing. Because his last one was um, – oh, what was it called? It's called Delta V was the last one. Yeah, this is the this is a sequel to it because I was oh, looking good. for a new book and this came up in my feed and I was about to buy it until I found out it, it wasn't available to be bought. And then I was like, oh, and then I was reading through the thing. It was like the follow-up or the sequel to Delta V. And I was like, did oh, I perfect. Delta V? Shit, I don't remember. And I had to go back into my Amazon account and I saw, oh, yes, I did read Delta V. It must have been very memorable. It, I, I remembered. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the sequel. So, it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, I might I have think. to read the last two chapters of Delta V first because I don't remember shit about it. Uh, yeah, there's definitely going to need to be a synopsis somewhere. <laughs> I need a Cliff Notes version first. I yeah. can't remember anything we've read on this show. <laughs> After, and, and once once we do the review, I forget that it has ever existed. So, yeah, like all the books I read and did book reports on, couldn't tell you a damn thing. Got a five on my AP test on uh, Anna Karenina, and I couldn't <laughs> tell you a damn thing about that book. But I got a five, perfect score. Didn't you get hit by a train at the end? I do remember that part. Yes, yeah, that's all I remember though. I don't think if that's... I wrote that, I would have gotten a five on my AP English. No. Spoiler alert. She gets hit by a train. I found that. I think I heard that on No Such Thing as a Fish because I never read that book. <laughs> I got I got I got like nine tenths of the way through Crime and Punishment and I just couldn't take it anymore. It was, it was enough too for much me. Punishment. Yeah, it was way too much punishment. Security. Ha! Welcome to Security. Ha. With Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. Dave is also the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy, and Control Loop, where they discuss ICS and OT. And I mistimed my breaths. It's been a while since we did the, the intro. So I, <laughs> no, right? I forgot where to breathe. Uh, yes, yes. Yes. Happens to the best of us. I, I find the same up. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Well, like an out of shape athlete. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or a little too much liquor store ramen. I think that yeah. might be the case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's start with some breaking news. When I saw this uh, across my feed, there is no person in the world I thought of more than you, Dave. Aww. The Muppets Christmas Carol extended cut is coming to Disney Plus. Now, this is something of a legend, apparently, according to the quirk and the ways in which the film was released. There is a lost song, When Love is Gone, which was cut from the original theatrical run, put back into the VHS copy, where it became a fan favorite, and then was recut out again once the Muppet Christmas Carol hit DVD and streaming. So nobody's seen this from quite some time unless they still have a VCR. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you hit play in Disney+, Plus, you will only get the short version again. You have to go to the extended features. Right. To be able to see this extra bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably because of lawyers, I'm guessing. Probably. Yeah. I have to say, I think Muppet's Christmas Carol is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little biased against it just because it's it's a post-Jim era uh, bit of Muppetry and uh, I just can't help myself. But what I think really holds Muppet Christmas Carol together is Michael Caine's performance. Yes. Um, and ju- because he is completely dedicated 100 percent in playing oh, he's all this in. straight. Yeah. Muppets are and real. Yeah, and he's amazing. He <laughs> yeah. just plays it. There's no winking to the camera, and and I think that's what makes it. That's what grounds it. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, uh, it's worth checking out. And I know a lot of folks, it's part of their regular Christmas time rotation of things we must see up there with Elf and Die Hard and <laughs> some of those movies. Oh, yes. Team Die Hard. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we've, it's been a while since we've been together. So I thought maybe, do we want to do an Andor wrap up? I, I have seen the entire series. Um, uh, I'm keen we... to hear your thoughts. Sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I'd given up hope. <laughs> yes. Uh, I enjoyed a new it hope has emerged. Yes. 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 I, I, was, I was waiting a for somebody hope. to pick that one up. <laughs> very good. Very nice. I enjoyed it very much. And, uh, as did my family. I think for me, this is the grown-up Star Wars that I'd been hoping for. Um, this felt like a series targeting adults. Mm-hmm. And I just – I thought it was really well executed. And it made me wonder – like think back on Rogue One to how much was that really targeted towards adults because I think that was another excellent bit of Star Wars with same – kind of sensibilities that this show had. But uh, I left it feeling really gratified and, and looking forward to the next season, I guess the next and final season. But I yeah. thought they did a great job of putting us in that world and showing us things we hadn't seen before uh, and making it feel like it fit in the Star Wars universe without breaking anything. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I I think back to my initial uh my initial thoughts when I was a couple of episodes in going do I really care about, you know, what janitors and people that just live in the universe do if they don't have lightsabers and jedis and they're not part of the bigger picture. Uh but I did totally come around to it. I I did really enjoy it. And to your point, I do think that this was very much targeted at adults. Like I I was I remember thinking at one point would 11-year-old me have enjoyed this show? And I think the answer is, fuck no. <laughs> I would have yeah. been bored out of my mind. But adult me really did enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it, they're being pretty smart about targeting different demographics with the shows now. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked the, the final post-credits sequence there where they put a button on it and tie it into uh, 
Rogue One and by extension, A New Hope. I, yeah. It's just, just really nicely done. Well, I guess I have to go back and watch that final credit sequence because I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. Spoiler, but you'll enjoy it. Though, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it, enjoy it wasn't it. exactly a shock. It didn't come out of left field. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. No. Yeah. But it's a okay, nice well, little I, I, aha. I'll go, okay. That's enough. I'll go watch it. I'll watch it. I'll <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and one last little bit of Star Wars uh, business here. We were talking about Star Tours recently and I came mm-hmm. across on YouTube – the original video press kit for Star Tours when it launched, mm-hmm. um, which I believe demonstrates that Anthony Daniels, above all, is a team player. For, and I, I'm not sure how much he's a team player and how much does he just simply have not have other opportunities. But <laughs> so, he's very much playing along here with uh, as C-3PO with the original launch of Star Tours. And it's just fun to see the kind of, uh, I guess, hokey nature with which they – <laughs> he, they were dedicated to the bit of this being a new opportunity to go on a Star Wars journey. I do like the fact that we look back at it now through the lens of hindsight and see it as hokey. But at the time, that was dead serious PR. That was that yeah. was cutting edge. You know, <laughs> it was not That's meant true. to be hokey at all. It was it was serious. But uh, I also my other favorite thing about Star Wars is the fact that Anthony Daniels, uh, <clears throat> C three PO, and Kenny Williams R two D two are the Shatner and uh, George Takai of the Star Wars universe, and that they absolutely can't stand each other. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, what I've heard is uh, a lot of that is on Anthony Daniels' shoulders. That yeah. uh, evidently he's not the easiest person to get along with. But uh, that's only rumors and speculation that I've heard. But I've heard it from enough people who are close enough to it going on and being around it that uh, I, I tend to think that it's probably true. Also, the fact that what else have you seen him in? <laughs> People aren't clamoring to have Anthony Daniels appear in their their projects. I was about to say, so he's the Shatner, but you know, Shatner was also T.J. Hooker and many other mm-hmm. things. So he has managed yeah. to uh, get past his being a dick. <laughs> Anthony Daniels, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> it's funny, on yeah. the latest Jim Jeffries, uh, I don't know about that podcast, they they cover Star Wars, and uh, Jim is surprisingly good at the, the Star Wars trivia, but they did talk about Anthony Daniels a little bit, and something about, like, I'll put the suit on when the when the midget goes in the trash can. <laughs> <It's like laughs> kind of, oh, man. Is, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> different that's, time, different time. <laughs> so, But that was a good episode. Yeah. I, I recommend checking that out if you haven't heard that one. Yeah. I'd, oh, one other quick little thing. Uh, my son sent me, Jack sent me um, a panel from the original Mad Magazine uh, parody of Star Wars, which I owned. In fact, I think it was probably the first issue of Mad Magazine I ever bought. I, I can just picture myself begging my mother to buy it for me at the local Safeway because it was Star Wars. Right. Um <laughs> And there's a frame in there where uh, – there was a running gag throughout it where R2-D2 would beep and boop and bop and then they would have a translation for what he was actually saying. Um, and there's a point where C-3PO says a bunch of things and R2-D2 says something along the lines of, if things couldn't get worse, here I am stuck with a robot and he uses a slur for a homosexual. Um, <laughs> again – Different times. Different times. <laughs> different times. <laughs> yeah. My son said it to me and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's different times. Different yeah. times. It was a different world back then. <laughs> yeah. Not that long ago. No, not that long ago. 
Um, speaking of not that long ago, Radio Shack and what the mm-hmm. flying fuck is going on over there? I I keep <laughs> is getting, there an over there? <laughs> yeah, there is an over there. I keep okay. getting I like that idiot bought the brand and then turned it into a crypto play. And I keep getting all of these emails from them like, hey, we've got this new in stock. We've got this new in stock. And I'm like, what do you You know why you're getting those emails, Jason? You bought a battery from a Radio Shack back in 1982. (laughs) That's right. You gave (laughs) them your name and address. Pretty much. Yeah. You gave them your name and address. (laughs) They found me across the metaverse. (laughs) That's right. Um, And it's kind of crazy. And right now the the banner is missing that was there the other day because when I went the other day, there was a big banner across the top that said Radio Shack is a 100-year-old brand embedded into the global consciousness. And we are going to lead the way for blockchain tech to reach mainstream adoption by other large brands. Mm -hmm. That is now gone. And now it's just a bunch of junk that's drop shipped from China (laughs) that you can buy. But I do believe if you go to RadioShack.org, I believe that's where they put – uh, yep, that's where it is. They moved all the crypto stuff to RadioShack.org. Yeah, you must know. be a schism so, in the company. Yeah, yeah. I think I think <laughs> the douchebags that bought it figured out that nobody wanted their crypto, so they had to start drop shipping stuff to actually make <laughs> ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like it is confusing over there at the Radio Shack nowadays. It would just mm. be awesome if you went through the checkout process and then like somebody popped up and started asking you for all your information. And what, could you give us your address, please? And- <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. That was yeah. my favorite part of working at Radio Shack was asking <laughs> sure. people for their names and addresses every time. And we got uh, – we were ranked on how many of those names and addresses we got. We, no. It was – yeah. Yeah. It, was, it sucked. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking in the past couple of weeks, I was sort of sitting here reminiscing. I think I was looking through some old computer stuff and looking at some old TRS-80s and – and I got a little bit nostalgic for that feeling I had when I was probably 11 or 12 years old and I used to walk into a radio shack and just the the feel of that place and I, the smell of it that I'm sure it had and uh, so many things in there that I aspired to have and get and buy and I'd walk around and look at things and we, oh, wouldn't it be great to oh, – someday I'll be able to afford a Model 2 TRS-80 and all that kind of stuff and – and yes, eventually I did end up working at Radio Shack when I was in college. So check that one off of the list of <laughs> dreams accomplished. <laughs> and I, I did have a good time there, but uh, I, I just miss it. I miss that sort of place, which doesn't really exist anymore. I, it got no. me thinking that could someone do a mock-up Radio Shack in a resort town or something, like in Orlando? Could you have like – the, the last blockbuster? You could have like right. the last Radio Shack or something like exactly. that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just for those of us who are who are uh, looking for nostalgia, could could go in and, and uh, get your, your Battery of the Month club card and, <laughs> and give someone our name and address on, on the way out. <laughs> there's, two, there's two stories yeah. I think of when I – I, that give kind of give me that same feeling. One was um, Egghead Software, which I don't know if was if it was a national chain or not, but it, we definitely oh, mm-hmm, had yeah. them. Yeah, we Southern. had them. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I just I remember you know begging my parents to take me to Egghead, and I could get the latest text based game and uh, that sort of stuff. And then of course the uh, only recently departed Fry's Electronics. Mm. Yeah. Yep. 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 I said the, the corpse of the uh, the Valley Fries is right down the street from me. I drive by it all the time. <laughs> yep. Still there, turning it into luxury condos at some point. But it's been empty <laughs> for like two years now. But mm-hmm. yeah, I miss that place a lot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Walking around your local Best Buy just isn't the same. No. 
No. And I got to say, you know, I, I don't have a Radio Shack story, but Kinko's in the 90s was, I think, very similar to that. Hmm. They don't they don't have those anymore. But man, we, did we have fun at Kinko's open 24 hours a day making zines. We had, you know, I was in uh, desktop publishing. Our friend Bob ran the the docu uh, was it the DocuSign or whatever or DocuTech. It was this giant <laughs> monster that did eleven by seventeen trifold, all sorts of stuff. It was it was so much fun. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. you know, you and I, or at that age, especially like college and whatnot, you you, you know, you you would maybe maybe have a printer at home, but if you needed to like put together reports and all that stuff, or you were doing zines or you were throwing a party and needed to make copies of flyers, man, you went to Kinko's. That was yep. party stop central. <laughs> yeah. Just to be Something able to, to print in color was a thing. Yeah. Yep. Two of the best years of my life, I got to say. And we would, since we all worked, <laughs> we all worked overnight, we would definitely hit the wine keller beforehand and knock back a few pictures of uh, the house stout before we went to work. <laughs> and there, there may, may or may not have been several nights where there was a quote unquote water break in the back and we had to close the shop for two hours for an impromptu nap. But uh, yeah, that, that may or may not have happened. But it was mm. fun. The old nice. days. Mm-hmm. Well, Nowadays, the kids are keeping the dream alive with their computer repair businesses, and we all knew this was happening, but a new study has come out uh, that shows just how screwed you are when you hand your laptop over for repair. Now, Mm -hmm. this was a somewhat small study, I have to say. Um, Did you guys take a look at this one? Yeah. I read through it, yeah. I'm I'm not shocked or surprised by this. It's, it's, It's people suck, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Isn't this, small, kind of like the, the, isn't this kind of the modern equivalent of the guy at the photo mat looking through your photos? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And making copies for themselves if they want right. to. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. Of course. Yeah, personal mm-hmm. use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you know you're in trouble when you get a wink when you when you pick up your photos from the photo mat. <laughs> 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 nice bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not surprising. Again, this is. It's you know you think about this sort of thing and you kind of go oh it's not surprising at all but just a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how Android had that uh, that feature that uh, basically locked the phone down and they couldn't get access to your personal documents and you know it's more and more important these days because the stuff is so easy to copy now right and so easy to search and so easy to copy and if you don't lock your stuff down uh, you know you're <laughs> you got to trust these people and generally they're not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Not trustworthy mm-hmm. at all. So, yep. yeah. How many more stories we got to have before somebody like figures out a way to do this <clears throat> without giving over your credentials to your main account? I don't know. Well, Android. I was thinking like on, uh, for example, on a Mac, could you simply have another user account uh, and allow the repair folks access to that account? You'd have to do this before the machine breaks. But if you could have a, a a secondary user account that doesn't have all your personal stuff in it, but mm-hmm. it would still give them access to the system, would that be at all useful? Or do Probably. they need access to your stuff? I mean, you can know? still make them an know. admin, and they can't see your stuff, right? But but they can. What they can do is they can change the password to your account, then go in and see all your stuff. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, but the, the problem true. is they can't change it back after that. You know, it's not right. something that they have introspection onto what the old password was. So they could do it and just say, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I had to reset we, your password." We had to reset your yeah. password. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, then you know you've been you know duped, as it were, <laughs> literally, in some cases. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I've got another story that is about uh, horrible human nature, uh, horrible people doing uh, horrible things to people who are trying to do horrible things back. Uh, A new and trending TikTok challenge requires you to film yourself naked while using TikTok's invisible body filter, which I suppose you are already trusting, which is kind of silly, but hey, (laughs) you're going to go do that. By all means, go do it. People are into it and you're theoretically being obscured and they really do promise that it's uh, not unfilterable, but uh, horrible people have decided to fake that they do have an unfiltering method. So if you want to see a TikToker actually naked that has done this, you will go and download the software, which is, of course, fake and is malware, and then you're fucked. <laughs> clever. It comes around, goes around. Very clever. You know? Yeah. 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 So not surprising. And uh, the other story I have, which is a little bit outdated at this point, but again, it just goes to show you that, uh, I mean, who do you trust anymore? You want to do the right thing. You go and you get yourself a password manager. You make the mistake and get the worst one out there, which is LastPass. And uh, the place that holds all your passwords had a security breach. Again, Again. This was what number three? <laughs> <laughs> it's at least, at least the two. third for LastPass. I, I, I mean, LastPass uh, yeah. is absolutely wretched. It's horrible. So, uh, not surprising that they're the ones getting hit here. If you're using them, I suggest you switch. Um, GOG.show/slash yeah. one password is where you should go to get yep. the best deals on one password today. <laughs> 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 Just saying. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, be careful out there with your passwords and you use reputable companies, not ones that everybody craps on. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I know you guys have been talking about uh, chat GPT elsewhere on the show, but I was wondering if yes. we wanted to take a couple minutes and discuss it here. Sure. That I've was another deep dive it. into horrible human nature. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've been playing with it here. Some of my colleagues here at uh, CyberWire, uh, my colleague Brandon, I know he's been playing with it. And boy, is it fun. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the chat one is stunningly good. I, I played around. I got curious about it. I'm not really interested in the image one. And that's where a lot of the horrible human nature stuff is coming out because mm-hmm. because of people. Um, there's only so much you can do with chat. I'm sure somebody's already made a, a Nazi AI out of this thing, of course, because somebody has to. But uh I did play around with it because I thought it was cool and, and interesting. Would it be Kanye I? Con- oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Very Just clever. Saying. Wow. You're on fire today. Um, yeah, I played around with it and it was, um, you know, some misses, but overall stunningly good. Like uh, we were talking about it earlier, like college essays are done. Like you don't expect a kid to write an essay anymore, right? Because this thing will just shit right. it out. So Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, also, uh, you can ask it to solve a math problem and show its work. Show the work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What, what, and it'll do it. It'll show you all the work. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering to what degree could you detect that it's being generated by this because it does create its text from whole cloth every time. It's not just regurgitating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out some folks have created an output an output detector, and I included a link to that uh, in the show notes here. I, I like that the domain that this is hosted at is called huggingface.co, which I suppose <laughs> is a aliens homage or alien homage. Yeah. Um, so this was created for GPT two, and Chat GPT uses GPT three, but evidently this detects it. I ran a a few things through it and sure enough, it does detect it with with great confidence. It seems to know whether or not 
it's created by the AI, AI or not. I don't know how it does what it does, but um, could this be a AI, way for on. teachers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. It's AI well, all then, the way down. Then you just start to get into the, well, exactly how many changes do I have to make before I can fool the detector? You know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, so I change five words, 15 words. What was the whole thing about uh, um, back in the early days of the internet, Jason, where if we appropriated an image, how many times we would have to change it before it was legally ours to use and all that sort of oh. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which nobody, 20%. I don't think ever proved in a court of law or anything. It was just a, yeah. it was one of those uh, urban myths out there for designers in the early days. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and at what point will you be able to say to the chat bot, say, I want you to create this essay and do it in such a way that the output detector cannot detect it. And it'll right. be able to do that. And yeah, then it's whack-a-mole, right? Yeah. We're, we're an yeah. AI whack-a-mole. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I thought I was very impressed by it. Um, I, I'm kind of, at first, I, I was very against all this AI sort of stuff. And I'm kind of turning the corner on it a little bit. I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing some potential positives and, and definite, like, leaps of, of human innovation coming out of these things. But uh, then I go and read stories about the image stuff, and then I get really depressed again about human nature. Yeah. 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 Goblin uh, mode, seems... baby. Goblin mode. <laughs> well, I, I think for a lot of writers, they're probably feeling the way that um, portrait artists felt when photography became a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, what is this What is this going to do to my well-being? It's or not website replace... programmers when, when Squarespace came out. Yep. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, it decimated the industry, you know. It, yep. it, it definitely did. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, uh, pay overall pay went down. The number of people available to make a living doing it uh, went down. And that'll happen, obviously. Like, there's always a, a need for high-end writers, and that will always be a thing. Although, if you ask most people that try to write books and when you start to look at the statistics on that and like most books sell like three copies, um, mm-hmm. maybe not so much, but, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly like if you're a smaller co- company that was using a copywriter, even on a contractor basis, and now you have access to this, you may not be contracting out any more of your copywriting. Right. Yeah. Just imagine just generating corporate blogs. I mm-hmm. mean, this is perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to have somebody fact-checking it because it does get the facts wrong pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah and sometimes but, it goes a little Kanye. Yeah, but okay. I mean, it still saves time <laughs> and money. Um, so whether ultimately whether or not that's a good thing, it is a thing. And, and, and it's not going away. Genie back in the bottle. Yep. 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 <laughs> it's fascinating. All right, guys. Well, that's what I have this week. Good catching up. Jason, I'm glad you are feeling better, and I hope uh, you continue to head in the right direction. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. All right. And uh, we're sliding into the holidays, Dave. I don't know if you're around next week, but uh, actually I won't be able to make the Friday show. So if I don't But I will. Happy holidays. (laughs) All right. Very good. Talk to you soon. Over at Patreon, we've got Thomas and Rod. Thank you so much. Over at PayPal, we've got Benjamin, Charlie, David, Jonathan, Judge, Matt, Matthew, Nicola, Nikolai, Oliver, Simon, and Thomas. Thank you all. And over at the tip jar, we've got Adam, Andrew, Ann, Christopher, Dan, the big spender with a $50 donation, Daniel, Jeff, Ken with the 20 bucks, Linda, Mario, Matthew, and Nick. Thank you all so much. Jason, you went through and put these in alphabetical order, didn't you? BB Edit. 
Yeah, Copy, don't paste, do sort. that because I try not to put Matt, Matthew, Nicola, and Nikolai together in the same fucking order because it's hard to read. Thank you. Oh, it sounds great though. You got you got Thank the hang you. of it. You figured it Thank out. Thank you, BV Edit. Yeah, you figured it out. Look, you got through it in one piece. God damn it! I need a fucking AI <laughs> to do this stupid podcast for me. Uh, and uh, farewell to Christine McVie from uh, Fleetwood Mac, who passed away in the last week or so. Um, Fucking great songs, man. <laughs> yep. Can't yep. argue with that. Yeah. Can't argue with that. And my friend Steve Delamater just uh, dropped his new EP, so you can go check it out on Spotify, called Super or Super Steve's Holiday. Quick little three-song EP. Steve's one of my buddies who's obviously has not read the Jesus Jones book about the music no, industry yet. Because he still has a glint in his eye that he's going to be uh, big <laughs> in the music business. Uh, All right. I don't know well, if that's where you want to be, Pass Steve, him a copy. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or just talk to anybody who's ever been there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 581. And there you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. <laughs>